The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy, happy Friday. I I don't even know where to begin other than just saying happy Friday. I hope you're out there today and I hope you... You feel uh, empowered and engaged and want to communicate today. I have stories to talk about. I have much to discuss, but I also have um, an interest to hear from all of you, especially with Mother's Day coming up Sunday. Um, First Mother's Day for me without my mom. So I was just going over the the notes that, that I kept over the years from my mom and I some of the some of the apologies that I sent to her that she hung on to uh, because uh, I, I don't know if you you can imagine it but I may have caused uh, some problems as a child and maybe as a young adult and maybe as a, a, an adult <laughs> throughout my life but uh, my mom was one of my uh, better friends so I want to hear from you about your moms, too, especially if there's something your mom used to say to you that carried with you throughout your whole life. And I can remember when when my mom was real mad at me one time and I had a friend who had gotten in big, 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 big trouble and his parents kicked him out of the house. I think you've all known somebody who got kicked out of the house. Never happened in our house. Nobody ever got kicked out. There was apparently nothing you could do that would drive you out of the family house. And my mom, I believe it was an Oscar Wilde quote, but my mom used to use it all the time. And I think I was like 10 years old when we heard about this neighbor kid getting kicked out. He was just out of control. And my mom said, no, that's wrong. Home is the only place that... uh, When you have to go there, they have to let you in. And it stuck with me. And it always, I I always understood that that was, that was a place you could go. So uh, if you have a memory from your mom, somebody calls them momalies, momalies. If you have a memory from your mom, you want to share, I would love to hear from you. 
triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. We will wedge those in between all of the news that we have to get through today. Um, I don't know if you heard it, but my oh my, what an interesting interview with Bill O'Reilly on Glenn Beck's show. It's already posted online on the Blaze. And uh, if you missed it, you know, shucks. Thank God it's still there. But the, the Blaze uh, has, well, that's, that's why we do all this, the channels. You can go to Glenn's channel and see uh, what Bill O'Reilly and Glenn talked about. And I have said before on the show, I have not been in the past a Bill O'Reilly fan. But I thought his clarity on several of the issues today was was fantastic. And I always appreciate when when there's a sort of a, a jousting match, a sparring match. And Glenn and O'Reilly do that all the time. They have for years gone after each other and uh, attacked each other on on topics, on issues. They didn't get into too much of the of the reason why Bill O'Reilly was terminated or his tenure at Fox ended. That was not what this was about. There was a lot, and although O'Reilly talked about it, but there was a lot about what's going on right now with the White House and the press, and and O'Reilly has some pretty strong and solid thoughts on it. And I I have a mini rant coming up about about the press, because I... Yesterday, as as this show was wrapping up, I I just about lost it with something CNN did. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, of course, of course, of course, the Lester Holt interview is something that uh, I want to address. I have a slightly different take than Mr. Beck, which you probably should expect. I hear different things. I see different things. I'm, I'm also someone who's going to tell you um, I want an independent investigation right now. I'm tired of screwing around with this. You have, what, two investigations in the Senate, one in the House. Who's working on anything else? And despite what everybody says, oh, it's bipartisan. It's not Everyone's got their agenda. So take it out. Ta- absolutely take it out. And take it outside of the House and the Senate. And, and let those people get back to damn work. Yeah, I'm, I'm ticked off about that. But uh, so, so we're going to go over the, uh, the Trump interview with Lester Holt. I have some additional thoughts on on exactly what's going on. And I I was looking at the timeline because everyone's fascinated by the timeline, right? And we know all the, all the times that, that people, uh, people called for Comey's removal or to step down on both sides. And then, you know, we saw the, the crazy hypocrisy of, of what happened the minute it happened. And then the left lost its mind. But we're we're also um, so we'll address that. We will also address the Colbert story. I think it's amazing, amazing that Stephen Colbert, the a, a, a late night TV host, is being elevated by the president. I wouldn't pay him any mind. 
and yet Donald Trump can't seem to let it go. Oh, uh, heads up, Melissa McCarthy to appear Saturday night on SNL. Melissa McCarthy to appear Saturday night on SNL. If you haven't seen it, they were shooting a, uh, a piece for SNL on the streets of New York just today, this morning. Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer with the motorized podium driving on the streets of New York in full Sean Spicer makeup. Uh, It's out there. And so we have that to look forward to tomorrow night. I know I'm making big Saturday night plans, aren't I? So uh, we'll deal with Trump and we'll deal with Trump and his discussion with Lester Holt. And I'll share with you the questions I think Lester Holt missed. Uh, There is news about Stephen Colbert and some of his reactions to Trump. There is additional news. Um, There's additional news from. I got my notes here. There's additional news from Senator Chris Coons. And I reached out to my senator, Chris Coons of Delaware. He is a full blue state guy. No doubt about it. But we agree on a couple of things. And uh, one of them is a big project of mine. And we'll get to it. Um, and and we have Keith Olbermann, who I think if anybody is going to be charged with treasonous activities, can we say that calling for foreign governments to drop whatever damaging information they have on Donald Trump to help topple him, can we say that you're you're wanting the president of the United States to be removed from office and calling for the help of a foreign government? Well, wait a minute. Isn't this the same Keith Olbermann who soiled his own drawers screaming and hollering when Donald Trump asked the Russians to release Hillary's emails? Remember when... Trump made that kind of jokey remark on the campaign trail. Yeah, Olbermann could not believe it. Olbermann couldn't handle it. Olbermann was out of his mind. But now, in his latest little resistance rant, he said, quote, I appeal to the intelligence agencies and governments of what's left of the free world, to them as entities, entireties, and bureaucracies. See, he thinks he's in a Shakespearean show. As bureaucracies making official decisions and to the individuals who make decisions of conscience. To the GH, the GCHQ and the MI6 in the UK and the BND in Germany and some other initials. He wants, he wants them to help bring down the president of the United States. If you are a citizen of the United States... And you are calling for foreign governments to bring down the head of the United States. Are you not treasonous yourself, sir? Are you not treasonous? You see, this is what the left doesn't get. They're all they're all pointing at Donald Trump and saying that he's he's the coup master now. He's a dictator. And yet they're calling for a coup themselves. They're calling for a foreign government to come in and interfere with our government because they believe Trump colluded with a foreign government. Does anyone smell the irony? Oh, my God. 
It's amazing. Olbermann pleaded, now we need your help. Whatever there is on Trump, reveal it. Issue it officially if you can. Leak it if you cannot. If your directors and your governments want to you, you to wait, look to the last days here and ask yourselves, plumb your consciousness, your consciences. Is there any time left to wait? Drama much, Mr. Olbermann? God, I miss you on sportscasts. Olbermann ending up saying a dictator in training has betrayed our Constitution and nevertheless survived two nights in office. What do you mean survived two nights in office? Does he mean just his, his position or his life? He ended by saying, if we go under, you are next. The freedom you save will be your own. Resist. Peace. Interesting. Um, Olbermann seems to have uh, dropped some of the more vulgar language that he's used in the past in his latest rants, rants uh, to, in order to, uh, to get this. And I'm not the only one who noticed Olbermann asking for foreign intelligence agencies to interfere, interfere in American political and governmental activities. Pretty much everybody on Twitter did. Pretty much pointing out that this is seditious behavior. Oh, Keith Olbermann, I wish you peace. I really do wish you peace, but I don't think that's going to come real quickly. And again, none of these people seem to remember. If you get rid of Trump, you get Vice President Pence. And if you think the left is upset now, President Pence is going to be a lot more conservative than President Trump. So go ahead. Go ahead with your bad selves. Call for foreign governments to come in and intervene in our system. That says you have no faith in our ability to manage our own nation. That says that we are so broken that this cannot be fixed. The only comfort I will give you, Keith Olbermann, is you are not alone. When we get back, I will play for you the comments from one of the very tiny handful of people who have won the highest awards in, in our entertainment industry. Won the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony, and about 15 People's Choice Awards. This person, this rare, talented individual, believes that we have a coup already happening. I'll play it for you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the Blaze Radio Network. It's Friday. It's kind of a goofy day here in Delaware. Uh, sunny one second, and then it looks like it's going to rain. And I'm a little upset because tonight is uh, tonight's a special night here. It is uh, Cowboy Monkey Rodeo Night. And uh, that means I uh, usually head out to the minor league baseball park here where the Wilmington Blue Rocks are taking on the Keys. And, and there's Friday night, we have fireworks at the minor league ballpark. And then uh, a couple times a year, they bring in the Cowboy Monkey Rodeo. It's everything you can imagine it would be because of the title. It's a monkey dressed as a cowboy riding on the back of a dog and chasing, herding goats and sheep around the field. Do you need any more entertainment than that? Do you really need anything else to say, okay, the rest of the world is just stupid. I can deal with this. I, I don't care if Trump threatened the guy he fired. Yeah, I do. But uh, I'll take a break from that reality to, to actually watch monkeys dressed as cowboys riding around on the backs of dogs herding sheep. And if PETA shows, I just hope PETA shows up. Um, PETA, if you're listening, it's Frawley Stadium in Wilmington, Delaware. Double Dog Daria. I shouldn't say dog, though, because they probably don't like that. Double Dog Daria to show up and try and let the fun air out of the balloon. No. Uh, the only thing that could cause trouble is rain tonight because you don't want wet dogs and wet monkeys chasing wet sheep around the diamond. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, a report back tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, by the way. Meet here at uh, The Blaze for the weekend. We kick off the weekend on The Blaze Radio Networks at 6 a.m. And a programming note, programming note, since we moved to this new time, management had been replaying the, the Pure Opelka program nightly at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. and then replaying Buck Sexton. And somebody in that executive suite actually came up with a really good idea. They moved Buck a little earlier. So Buck Sexton is now on at 7 o'clock and I follow Buck at 10 o'clock. So for those of you that discovered this last night, we... We, we heard this move was in play, and it was such a good idea, they made it happen immediately. And I guess there's not enough announcements online or on the programming. But that, the new deal, this show from noon to three, then the uh, liberty-loving Latino, Chris Salcedo, and uh, followed by uh, Pat and Stu, then Buck Sexton, then the replay of Pure Opelka. So if you were looking for it uh, last night, a couple of you wrote and said, what the hell? Sorry. Sorry we didn't personally send you all notes, but we really appreciate you flexing. Uh, now, I mentioned before we went away that Keith Olbermann, Keith Olbermann feels uh, like he needs to get the help of a foreign government 
to save our democracy. And uh, he's, he's thinking there's a coup here in America, a coup d'etat. Well, somebody else feels like there's a coup here. Somebody who has won an Oscar, Emmy, Grammy, Tony, and about 14 million People's Choice Awards. That would be the one, the only Whoopi Goldberg who was on The View yesterday and said this. It yeah. just feels like a coup. You know, first the whole Justice Department got, everybody got gutted, all of the things, Only things the got gutted, and, and it just, yeah, it just feels, and he's got all of the, the generals, it just feels kind of cooey. Feels, feels kind of cooey. You stepped in coup, whoopee. Anytime a new administration comes in, guess what? They don't have to take the piles and piles of sycophants who were left over from the previous one. They're allowed to restaff ambassadors, Justice Department employees. That's why you get to bring in your people so you can have your administration. I don't understand how people don't get this. If, if Whoopi would remember every show she's worked on, when a new producer comes in, everybody underneath gets fired. And maybe we'll talk about Steve Harvey, too. we got to get into Trump and uh, Lester Holt, and we'll jump on that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. It is uh, the Friday before Mother's Day. And if you have a, a, a thing that your mom always said to you, I'd love to hear it. And you can call 888-933-93-888-900-3393 and share it like, like Shamont in Dallas. Whose, whose mom has been, uh, a, a, you know, I know he's close to his dad, but his mom has been a, an influence on his life and has probably told him something that is a nugget of wisdom that he carries with him forever and ever and ever. Right, Mr. Lynch? Your mom taught you something. Here's the thing, Mr. Opelka. Uh, I, I actually have two moms. You know, that's why they call me double. That's yeah. a lot of reasons why the comedy double. Anyway, I was uh, going to say let's not let's not scratch the surface <laughs> too far. There might be some things we can't talk about. Uh, calm down. Um, <laughs> so when everybody know that's my phrase, and Mike's been stealing it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I have a stepmom who I grew up with, and I have a biological mother. Um, long story. I'm, we're not going to get into it today. Maybe one day. Uh, and they both gave me words of wisdom uh, growing up. Um, my biological mother. She always told me. Um, that treat people how you want to be treated, especially the women, because I'm a handsome guy. Um, and understand that when you treat women the way you do, remember that you have a sister and a mother, and somebody could be treating them the same way that you're treating them. So treat them with respect and kindness. 
And my like my stepmother, she always taught me uh, to stand up for myself and always um, follow God's word because at the end of the day, that's all you have when nobody else is around. You know, those are both smart women, both giving you great advice. So thank you for sharing it with us. And thank them. Thank them for helping you out. I'm sure you do. So you do double Mother's Day? Is that, is that Man, double, this double yes, Mother's Day? Yes. Yep. I'm, I actually planned it out. I had I had the... Two weeks in advance, I have to plan out the time that I, I can spend with both of them because uh, you know, they don't get along. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're not so, we're not going to Doctor Phil you here. I, just, <laughs> how about that? That's good. You be that's outside. Very good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I just have to well, schedule out time that I spend with both of them because you know you one of them might get mad. And actually, my stepmom, her birthday's on Mother's Day. Every other Mother's Day is her birthday. Well, I hope you planned out so that you're not stopping by the gas station getting gas station flowers because mothers know gas station flowers. In the, they absolutely know you. In the famous words of Mike Pence, <sighs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Double. Thank you, Shamont Lynch, uh, the guy that's helping me sound better and look better on the radio every day. Uh, we, were, we were talking before we went away about journalism because last night was the the big interview, the big interview that Lester Holt had with the president. And Lester Holt's a guy who, who's been rumored to be a Republican. I'm, I believe he is registered as a Republican. But I had some issues with his, his interview, and I want to play it and, and start it and stop it a little bit. But before we get to that, I have a little bit of a problem with CNN. Uh, okay, I have a big problem with CNN, and it starts with Don and ends with Lemon on most days, but yesterday it was the whole damn network. Yesterday, as we are, we are trying to understand what's going on with the firing of James Comey, and we're trying to understand and wrap our heads around how the left wanted Comey to be uh, disemboweled in the public square just a few weeks ago. And now they're crying because he's been fired by their their president. What happens on CNN? CNN, in the middle of the day yesterday, actually posted, you know the place where they have all the, uh, all the breaking news headlines? CNN went crazy. And as, again, we're, we're watching hearings, from the Intelligence Committee, we're watching the, uh, the leaders of the Intelligence Committee afterwards talking about what they heard from the acting FBI director. We're getting confirmation on some parts of the story of the firing of Comey. We're getting denials on other parts of the story of the firing of Comey. CNN decides to go full screen with a Chiron, as it's called. The, the banner that runs across the screen on CNN with, with a, a, a statement that says, Trump White House, president gets two scoops of ice cream, everyone else gets one. I, I stopped. I stopped and I said, wait, wait, what? This was in the middle of the afternoon yesterday. Brooke Baldwin and Chris Saliza, in the middle of the of the afternoon 
with the the screen, the banner across, president gets two scoops of ice cream, everyone else gets one. And all I could think of was, are you kidding me? CNN, this is what you've become? This is this is journalism? Yeah, okay, you're covering all the town halls and all the hooting and hollering at town halls. You're covering all the snowflakes protesting on the street. You're covering all of the anger against the president from Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. All of that. But you bring in Chris Saliza to have a discussion with the banner across the screen about Donald Trump getting two scoops of ice cream and everybody else gets one. And you wonder why nobody gives a rat's butt about you, CNN. You know what? You wonder why everybody's saying, yeah, it's just yelling and, and they're just really against the president. And I thought, well, this can't be really a deal. This can't be a thing, right? So I, I searched and CNN politics even has a headline and a story. Trump gets two scoops of ice cream. Everyone else gets one. And then they say, okay, these are top lines from the Donald Trump interview with Time Magazine because he sat down with Time Magazine. And you know what? I have a problem, not just with Time Magazine, but primarily with CNN because where have they put the focus here? In the article, if you read the article, it talks about Donald Trump as a guy who pretty much works very hard. Donald Trump's in the White House. His wife and child are still in New York because they're finishing up the academic year. But Donald Trump is there on the job in the White House. He's only been back to New York once since the inauguration. Trump is in the West Wing, reportedly, according to the Time magazine story, 10 hours a day. And then he will have dinners with, uh, with people that he wants to meet with and talk to. And why shouldn't he? They're small, generally small dinners. And that's where the, uh, the reporting of the two scoops to everybody else's one came out. And then you're also told that the president continues basically working from the, the residential parts of the White House, the East Wing, making phone calls into the night. And we know he tweets late at night as well. We'll get into the president's tweets later. I still have some problems with that. But here's my problem. CNN and Time, you're diminishing the president intentionally. This is biased. This is fake news. Especially in the middle of the day when the whole world is focused on the hearings. And, and if you really care about getting to the bottom of this problem about Comey and how he was fired, two scoops of ice cream is a gigantic waste of network time. And at the end of the day, it, it became what it should have been, the focus of a Jeannie Most story, where she pulls clips of other presidents and vice presidents talking about ice cream, which is what we got. Joe Biden sounds like he's an ice cream addict with Jeannie Most and her little clips. So CNN... Um, you really are fake news. I have to tell you that. I know you're not going to want to hear it, but you really are. Donald Trump gets two scoops 
everyone else gets one. What an entitled, you know, we left out oligarch. Ice cream oligarch Donald Trump gets two scoops of ice cream and his subjects will be lucky to get one. Oh, CNN, look how far you have fallen. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Puro Pelka. Uh, you know, I, I will get to the um, interview from Lester Holt with President Trump. But uh, while I'm handing out fake news awards and fake outrage awards, my outrage is real. I, I really am upset at CNN for what they've done. And I have friends over at CNN, a lot of them, people I respect. And when I see some stuff like they're doing, like, oh, yeah, two scoops of ice cream and everybody else only gets one. How dare that king? Um, I I get upset. And then I see people who I have called out for hypocrisy before in the past. And America's new sweethearts, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, I wonder if she'll become Mika Scarborough or if she'll hyphenate. Oh, please hyphenate. I'll bet she makes Joe become Joe Scarborough Brzezinski. I just, that's the way I envision that relationship. Uh, And they've been nice to me, despite the fact that I've gone after them on several occasions over the years. But nobody had Donald Trump on more as a candidate than Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. Nobody. They would blow out commercial breaks to keep Trump on. They spent more time in the morning just talking to Donald Trump during the campaign than any other candidate. And I bet all of them combined. Only when they realized, holy crap, Trump could win, did they back off. Because Trump was Trump was the cowboy monkey rodeo of MSNBC. I'm not going to kid you. Trump was, Trump was an act that was so entertaining in the early days of the campaign. Well, hell, the, I think it was the Huffington Post wouldn't put Trump on the politics page. He was in the entertainment section. They were constantly getting hammered for it, and yet they continue with it. But MSNBC had Trump on more than any channel, more than any channel, especially in the early days. He would be on, the segments would be, you know, the normal TV segments, about 15, 20 minutes. They would be 30 and 40 minutes long. Well, this morning, apparently, somebody sent an engagement present to Morning Joe, and they opened it up, and inside this this beautiful I think it was like Tiffany blue box. You know, it looked like it came from Tiffany. Inside the box was journalistic consciousness. Because Mika Brzezinski finally, 
finally had to to step up and tell everybody that we're not going to take it anymore, right? This is what she was saying about that they're not going to they're not going to accept the lying from the Trump White House anymore. And I'm going to just make one more point about the media in this. We need to stop celebrating ourselves and just do our job. This isn't like some sort of game show. And reporters do a good job because that's what reporters do. I mentioned the pathetic grab for ratings in terms of networks having Kellyanne Conway on the show, a repeated liar. Uh, so consistent she, consistently she lies that it's almost like watching a car wreck on the highway when you're driving by. You just can't get your eyes off her. So wait. It's wrong to have Kellyanne Conway on the show because you disagree with her and you think she's lying. But you had Donald Trump on as many times as he wanted to be on. It's not it's not right, Mika. It's not fair to be to be now playing Miss Sacrosanct, to be demanding that we, the media, must be more responsible is complete Bravo Sierra. It's complete hypocrisy. And then I believe she also referred to it as news porn. It's a gross tabloid TV management ploy for ratings, mm. and that's not our responsibility. So here's my question. With Flynn lying at least for 18 days when he was under the microscope, 18 days, he gets fired for lying to Pence. And yet this entire White House is lying to the country. Which shows to me, at least, Joe, that this presidency is rotten all the way to the core and right to the top. And that's the story we need to cover without joy, without jubilation and without ratings porn. Without ratings porn. So now lying offends you. It didn't offend you when Barack Obama told us the lie of the year. It didn't offend you when Jonathan Gruber was lying about Obamacare. It never offended you when there was a Democrat in the, odd, in the office. Now lying offends you. Well, you know what offends me? The lie that you're telling that it offends you. It doesn't offend you. It's an expedient exaggeration of convenience. Stop it, Mika. And Joe, you know better. We'll be back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. What what were you saying, Whoopi? It yeah. just feels like a cool. Whoopi says it feels like a coup. It just feels like a coup. Well, you know, I guess we could say this is how it felt in 2008. And then in 2009. And, you know, that that comparison does hold some water, I believe. As as many of my friends on the left side of the aisle are trying to get through it all, trying to understand it all. And and people like Whoopi who are career liberals just get this feeling. It yeah. just feels like a cold. They can't handle it. 
And I wonder, I did not watch The View today. I have to tell you, before the show today, usually we'll scan The View to see if the hot topics have any uh, audio nuggets that we can mine. Because, you know, whether it's Whoopi or Joy Behar getting outraged, some of that's darn good entertainment. It irritates you, but it's entertainment. But no, I was I was watching the Lester Holt interview again. And I you know what I'm amazed at? How much time CNN dedicated to the Lester Holt interview, an NBC product. It used to be back in the day you would not play more than a couple of seconds of something from another network. But last night at nine o'clock, I, I happened to flip on to uh, CNN to see what Anderson Cooper was going to be up to. And they were playing about three minutes of the Lester Holt, Donald Trump interview without interrupting it. And all I could think of was, oh, my God, this CNN is playing this interview without stopping it. And they finally did. And they went to talk to it a little bit about it. But there's, I want to play you a clip. It's about two minutes long, and I'm going to stop and start it to go through it and see, see if I can share some of the things in this clip that bother me, as, and they probably bother you too. You take a look at the FBI a year ago. It was in virtual turmoil less than a year ago. It hasn't recovered from that. Monday you met with the deputy. Well, well the FBI, as we learned yesterday from the acting director, Mr. McCabe, uh, or he's the, I'm sorry, um, the Mr. Yes, Mr. McCabe, the acting director of the FBI, that everything's fine at the FBI. Everything's okay. The agents actually liked Mr. Clapper. The staff liked the guy. So there seems to be a, a sort of a departure from reality or the truth on that. And then Lester Holt starts asking a few questions of the president. Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. Right. Did you ask for recommendations? Uh, what I did is I was going to fire Comey. My decision. It was not. You had made the decision before they came. Uh, I, I was going to fire Comey. Uh, I, there's no good time to do it, by the way. Uh, they they were around. Accepted, accepted their recommendations. Yeah, well, they you also. already made the decision. I, oh, I was going to fire regardless of recommendation. So they, he made a recommendation. He's highly respected. Very good guy. Very smart guy. Uh, the Democrats like him. The Republicans like him. Uh, he made a recommendation. But regardless of recommendation, I was going to fire Comey. Ask you about your termination letter to Mr. Comey. You write, I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation. Why did you put that in there? Because he told me that. I mean, he told me he that. He told you one under investigation. Yeah, and I, I've heard that. I've heard that from others. I think. Was it he, in a phone call? Did you meet face uh, to face? I had a dinner with him. He wanted to have dinner because he wanted to stay on. We had a very nice dinner. He, at the White he asked for the dinner. Early on. A dinner was arranged. I think he asked for the dinner. And he wanted to stay on as the FBI head. And I said, I'll, you know, consider, we'll see what happens. But uh, we had a very nice dinner. And at that time, he told me, you are not under investigation, that which was, I knew anyway. That was one meeting. What was it? First of all, when you're under investigation, you're giving all sorts of documents and everything. I knew I wasn't under. And I heard it was stated at the committee, at some committee level, that I wasn't. Number one. So that didn't come directly then, from during him. the phone call, he said it, and then during another phone call, he said it. So he said it once at dinner, and then he said it twice during phone calls. Did, did you call him? 
in one case I called him, in one case he called me. One case I called him, in one case he called me. What I want to know is, first of all, who else was at the dinner? And we now know that it appears the White House, not the president or Comey, scheduled that dinner. It, it, that's the latest news, is that the White House did that. Um, and then when we talk about these phone calls, I would like to know what else was discussed on those phone calls. Because why were those calls placed? Why did Donald Trump call the director of the FBI? And why did the director of the FBI call the president? Wouldn't you like to know what else was discussed? Because I'm sure if you've had dinner and you're sitting down and you say, uh, listen, am, am I under investigation, this Russia thing, which may or may not have even been an appropriate question. Seems kind of inappropriate to me. And then you call the director of the FBI. Just uh, just want to confirm. Is that the only thing you called him for? And is that the only reason he called you? By the way, Mr. President, I forgot to tell you, you're still not under investigation. See, I have a problem here. I, I This doesn't, if I'm going to give it the Judge Judy test, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. And this just doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make sense. And I think, I think President Trump is starting to figure it out, too. I think President Trump is starting to feel like, you know, what I said about uh, Comey, he might be able to he might be able to blow that out of the water. So then we get to today's tweets from the president. And I know some of you have seen him because you follow him. But if you follow the real Donald Trump, right, if you follow the real Donald J. Trump. You can see the the tweets that came out early this morning. And it was Donald Trump. The first tweet this morning from Mr. Trump, which is just around the seven o'clock hour, six o'clock hour. Again, the story that that there was collusion between the Russians and Trump campaign was fabricated by Dems as an excuse for losing the election. Well, that may be the case. That may be the most truthful thing the president tweeted today. And then he tweeted, the fake media is working overtime today. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's true. Then he tweeted, as a very active president with lots of things happening, it is not possible for my surrogates to stand at podium with perfect accuracy. Is anyone else scratching their head going, what? This is all in the 7 o'clock, between 6 and 7 o'clock today. He followed that tweet about as a very active president with lots of things happening. It is not possible for my surrogates to stand at the podium with perfect accuracy. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. President. I, as a citizen, I would be one of the people who would say to my people who would be my surrogates, you have to be accurate. You can't be inaccurate. Or maybe you can't be a surrogate. So after he tweeted that about the lack of perfect accuracy, the president tweeted maybe one of the most chilling things I've ever heard from a president. 
maybe the best thing to do would be to cancel all future press briefings and hand out written responses for the sake of accuracy. Did I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I physically got a chill reading that again. The President of the United States tweeted out this very morning, maybe the best thing to do would be to cancel all future, quote, press briefings and hand out written responses for the sake of accuracy. Are you kidding me? Seriously, sir, are you kidding me? That one, as chilling as that is, because uh, as, as many people pointed out, the ridiculousness of that statement, including Katie Pavlich, who if you're not following Katie Pavlich, you should. Katie Pavlich said uh, written handouts from uh, the White House are not a press briefing. They are propaganda. And I think that's, I'm paraphrasing, but I think that's the gist of what she said. And I agree with it wholeheartedly. Again, in this early morning tweet storm from the President of the United States within the last five hours, Donald Trump tweeted, James Comey better hope there are no, quote, tapes of our conversations before he starts leaking to the press. Is... Is anyone else thinking that we should be hearing the Godfather music play in the background? You better not hope there are any tapes of our conversation before you start leaking to the press. That would not make the Godfather happy. What are you talking about, sir? And when that came out, I actually responded to the president. Can you please raise the bar, sir? You're the president of the United States. You don't threaten people. You don't threaten the guy you just fired. The guy we're going to have to pay off because he had a 10-year term. He continued. The president continued. When James Clapper himself and virtually everyone else with knowledge of the witch hunt says there is no collusion, when does it end? Well, now, you know what? A week ago, or right after James Clapper gave that testimony, which was pretty much just about a week ago, right? Yeah. I could have said, I agree with you, Mr. President, but for all the other crap you just wrote, that you're threatening the FBI director you fired, that you're threatening to stop the press briefings and just hand out a sheet of, of what, talking points? Things we're supposed to follow just blindly? It's not right, sir, and it's certainly not okay to paraphrase Whitney Houston. This, this to me, is... I voted for you, Mr. President. I voted for you. But now you're coming on like some sort of thug. You're... Okay, now I get it. You're the godfather. Um... Mr. Comey, do me a favor. Before you go flapping your gums, are you quite sure that there are no tapes, no recordings of our conversations in the White House? You know, before you want to leak something to the press, you better make sure 
that maybe your own words couldn't come back and bite you on the behind. I'm just saying. I wouldn't want you to end up somewhere in the Bronx where you couldn't find your way out. It's happened before. It could happen again. We'll be right back in Pura Pelka. Capiche? Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret here. Um, I kind of panicked yesterday. I panicked because I was down to uh, just two packets of Relief Factor. I take Relief Factor every day. I really do take it. It's uh, an all-natural anti-inflammatory. And they, they come in these packets like four vitamins. And it's fish oil and some natural herbs. And it's designed to all work together to help your body fight against the inflammation that causes chronic pain. And I have, I have bad knees from too much running, too many, too many marathons. And yes, my sister Claire, yes, you were right. I ran a lot. I was going to have sore. I got sore knees until about eight weeks ago when I started taking all natural Relief Factor. Check it out. Relieffactor.com. Go there. Look at, here's the easy way to start. Three-week quick start package, $19.95. Three-week quick start pack for $19.95. Try it. I'm telling you, most people feel relief between seven and 10 days. But I'm sitting there panicked. I'm like, I'm out out of Relief Factor. I have no Relief Factor. And I'm looking at that bottle of Advil on the counter. And I'm thinking, I don't want to go back. And then it came today because I had ordered it a couple days ago, trying to time it out. And just as I'm tearing open the last packet of Relief Factor, the postman comes, bingo, bango, bongo. I've got my, my next supply, so I'm good. And I think you should try it too. There are people who say, I can tie my shoes now. Uh, I can climb into the cab of my truck easier. My carpal tunnel syndrome is going away. Relief factor. What do you have to lose but the pain? Seriously. What do you have to lose? Quick start pack. Three-week quick start pack. 1995. Call them. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or go to relieffactor.com and get the details there. It's helping me. I hope it helps you. I'm I'm following as much as I can today, not only on the um, the the tweets we were just talking about. Those were the personal tweets from Donald Trump, the ones where he threatened the guy he fired. I, I it's really disturbing to me that the president of the United States would threaten a guy he fired. It makes no sense, sir. It really doesn't make any sense. Nothing at all. So I, I, I want the president. This is a weekend I would like the president to go and play golf and not tweet a thing. Not tweet a thing. You know, I need to I need to dip into the not irritating news for a second. We're almost at the halfway point of the show and I. I've asked some of you to participate 
and uh, share with me the thoughts that that maybe your your mom shared with you as we look forward to Mother's Day on Sunday and uh, some of the sayings that 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 people people will remember from their mom. My mom talked about family more than anything else. And when we used to go out to play ball, I had two older brothers and we used to go play baseball in the park. And I was always picked last because I was the runt. And those two were much bigger and, you know, a couple of years older. And a couple of years as a kid is like decades. And my mother would always look my brothers in the eye and say, if you're picking teams and you don't pick your brother, you better not come home. She wasn't quite that stern, but she said family first, family first. Uh, Rick tweeted our Lucas video. Uh, My mom was more actions than sayings. It was not unusual to find her on a swing or in a tree. She actually loved playing with her kids. And he included just a a great picture. It looks like a, a throwback picture of his mom playing with a kid on a swing set in a park. Just a great thing. Toby, Toby tweeted, uh, I told you a hundred million times not to exaggerate. Yeah, now I understand where some of Toby's tweets come from. So if you have a thought from your mom, share it with me. Share it on Twitter or give us a call. 888 we're celebrating our moms today. We'll do a little bit more tomorrow. Uh, so as we dive in and out of the, the news of the day and we try and make sense of what's going on coming out of the White House, we're also remembering moms. And I'd love to hear about yours. We heard about Shamans, and I tell you about my mom all the time. Share your mom. We'll get to Senator Chris Coons and uh, Stephen Colbert and what he's been yammering about just around the corner on Puro Pelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, celebrating the week. Here's a story uh, that I wanted to get through, um, get to you just a little bit ago. Last week, actually, early, not last week, but earlier this week, a video was posted that featured people who were protesting Donald Trump. You know, just one of the general protests about Donald Trump, because there is a march du jour pretty much uh, every day. And it's the snowflakes that are out, uh, whether they're in California or New York or down south, there seems to be some sort of protest going on every day. And this one, uh, this one caught a bunch of the social justice warriors with their signs uh, talking about how. Donald Trump has to go, hey, hey, ho, ho, this Donald Trump has got to go. 
and uh, they were they were asked about Barack Obama because you would you would assume they're either Hillary Clinton fans who are upset about Hillary or they miss the Obama administration. So I'll just give you a little flavor of um, this gentleman asking some of the people at this uh, at this protest um, what they miss about the Obama administration, because it's very telling when people explain to you what it is they miss. Do you guys miss Obama? Fuck yeah. Do you miss Obama? Uh, yeah. At this point, do you? Do you like Obama? I do think he is a good guy. Do you miss Obama? A bit, yeah. yeah what, do, what do you like about Obama? Oh, man, the swagger. What's your favorite thing that Obama did? Um... What about his policies? Yeah, no, well, his policies, absolutely. You know, he's, he's such a supportive person. Uh, he was, he was, you could tell, you know, when you, when you see him talking to people, he actually cares, right? He dropped 26,000 bombs in Syria in 2016. Do you like that? He's more relatable uh, in terms of, you know, I think the average person would be able to relate to him much closer, you know, in his background. He had the worst rebound from a recession since World War II. He dropped a lot of bombs on Syria. He did, yeah, you know, and uh, I wasn't keeping track of how many bombs he was dropping, unfortunately. And he printed off a ton of money, and he increased the debt by a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Congress would not. So you have the snowflakes who are only out there for one reason, because they don't have anything else. And I contend that this is mostly because this generation has not connected with humans, that this is a real new experience for them, that everything is in the palm of their smartphone. And so when they get out there and when they're actually confronted with having to formulate an opinion, their entire lack of an opinion or lack of understanding of what's actually happening around them is completely exposed. I think this is a good thing if more people keep doing this. If more people go out and ask these folks to please explain what the heck they're doing. Because generally, when we get to this point, they can't. They can't tell us a thing. All they do, all they do is is stomp their feet. It's the social justice warrior meltdown dance. And... It's, it's not going to end well for them. Seriously, it really is not going to end well. And, you know, when you, when you present it to them and you show them that, uh, that Barack Obama dropped tens of thousands of bombs on Syria and Donald Trump sent a few missiles, right? A handful. And Barack Obama doubled the entire national debt in just eight short years. Oh, well, um, yeah. It's just sad. And yet every time someone asks them a question and plants that little seed in the back of their head, I hope maybe it's going to change. Maybe it's going to bring them around. Then again, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's, it's just so much Bravo Sierra. I, I I try to remain hopeful, but when I have days like this, when I when I see the president, my president, your president, our president, 
doing what he's doing on Twitter and giving the kinds of interviews that he gave yesterday when he when he accused the guy he's firing of showboating and grandstanding. I go back to everything we have said to the left when you point one finger, there are three point right back at you. And this is why I get so distressed about this president. This is why I'm sitting there and say, come on, come on, man. Are you, are you serious? Because I don't think it's helping. And now you have parts of parts of his uh, administration and, and respected people who have come out of the White House, people like James Clapper telling MSNBC that Comey was at the dinner with the president but was uneasy with it because of the optics. Now you have stories starting to come out about this. It's, this is going to be a very rough patch. And I think one of the ways to get through it, and some of you are really going to be angry with me for this, is to get an independent investigation. And part of my desire for an independent investigation stems from the fact that I would like the House, the Senate, to go back to work. I'm, I didn't elect somebody to go to Washington, D.C. to be an investigator. I elected them to go there to be a legislator, to make sure that we have the, the correct legislation protecting this nation and allowing business to thrive and survive. So that's what I would like. And I would also like the president, if, if we're talking about wishes and making sure wishes come true, I would like the president to kind of get out of the business of insulting the late night comedians. You're only giving him more power, sir. Case in point, Stephen Colbert. And last night. The president of the United States has personally come after me and my show. And there's only one thing to say. <laughs> Stephen Colbert. Trump said he was a no-talent guy. There's a lot you don't understand. But I never thought one of those things would be show business. Don't you know I've been trying for a year to get you to say my name? And you were very restrained, admirably restrained, but now you did it. I won. Making jokes about you has been good for ratings. It's almost as if the majority of Americans didn't want you to be president. But you know, you know who's got really bad ratings these days? You do. Terrible approval numbers. I hear they're thinking about switching your time slot with Mike Pence. The uh, Colbert camp is the one getting all the benefit of the Trump focus. So I, if I had a wish, if I had a lamp I could rub right now and get at least one wish, not three, but if I had a lamp that I could rub and just get one wish, I would have government go back to work and as a sidebar, put down the Twitter. All of you. It's not helping. And if it's not helping, it's a bad idea. A very bad idea. Just around the corner, next hour, uh, we're expecting uh, a call from Senator Chris Coons of Delaware. Uh, he actually reached out and said, I have a project I want to talk about. 
And uh, I think it's a project that's bipartisan. It deals with the opioid crisis in America. It's something that I'm very, very, very committed to getting the word out and trying to stop the spiral. It's a death spiral. You, You don't even... I don't think any of us really understand just how many people are dying, how many families are being absolutely ripped apart by the opioid crisis in America. More than 32,000 people last year died of, of overdoses and due to complications from their addictions. 32,000. That's more than cars killed people. And I believe it's more than firearms killed people. We have a big problem. And we have to solve it together. And I think uh, Chris wants to talk about it. We'll get to that. I also want to I want to grind him a little bit on on getting everybody back to work. We'll deal with that next hour. And then um, I didn't get to that story about the monkeys and the birth control, did I? No, we'll deal with that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. If you were here yesterday and listening to the show, first of all, thank you. Um, It's appreciated. Every day I get to be here and and share my my view of the world with you. I, I so appreciate it. I'm very thankful, very lucky, very blessed. Yesterday at the very end of the show, we had kind of a, a fascinating interview with um, Chef Bruno Abate from Toco Restaurant in Chicago, but he's the guy behind the pizza in prison story in the uh, Cook County Jail in Illinois. And while I had been familiar with the story because we talked about it the day before and I'd actually done my homework on it, and uh, being a native Chicagoan by birth, I'm familiar with Cook County Jail. I, I know what Cook County Jail is and how serious it is. But I learned some amazing things about the program with uh, Chef Abate. And we have just posted on The Blaze on uh, a, a, a summation of that and a clip of that interview. So I think it would be great if uh, you, would, you would visit it. If you didn't hear it, if you would check it out. And yes... I pledged in the very near future when we go visit Chicago, because we're due to make a trip there, that I was going to go have lunch in Cook County Jail with the chef. Uh, My wife not so interested in making the little jailhouse visit. And a matter of fact, uh, used some uh, salty language in rejecting my offer to join me and the chef having a pizza lunch (laughs) in jail. That's not happening. Um, coming up next hour, as I mentioned, we're going to talk with, um, with Senator Chris Coons. I also, um, I also have a story I have to share with you. Another one, I I don't know how you're going to feel about it. Um, I want to point you to the video too. If you haven't seen it, the slow motion dive into the trampoline that has a thousand mousetraps on it. 
It's a great Friday distraction. You'll send it to somebody. But this story out of India is is kind of kind of fascinating, right? India, a lot of folks in India. We all know one of the one of the big countries in the world in population. You know, we're we as America with three hundred thirty million, not the biggest country, the biggest economy, yes. Not anywhere near the biggest country. India says they have a monkey problem. They they record at least a thousand people a day with a monkey bite. Now, a monkey bite doesn't sound like fun at all. And if you've seen monkeys, uh, you know they are powerful creatures. And and I I'm very appreciative of their strength and their cunning nature. But I don't want monkeys. I don't want monkeys on planes. I don't want monkeys in the car. I don't want monkeys at the party. I if you've got a companion animal that's a monkey good for you god bless the only place i want to see a monkey is wearing a cowboy suit riding a dog at the baseball game tonight in the cowboy monkey rodeo it's a giant stadium i don't have to worry about monkeys going crazy and running up into my seat but india has so many monkeys that in most neighborhoods these these troops as they're called of these rhesus macaques, the monkeys that climb the walls of apartment buildings, and they're there to um, drink the water in the water tanks on top of the buildings, and they end up messing up the place, snapping off the pipes. But they also bite people, and they also take people's food. So if you're thinking about eating outside in India, you're probably uh, you're probably a tourist. They're also ravaging the crops in India. India estimates they're losing about $300 million in crop losses because of monkeys. So the answer, monkey condoms, right? No, of course not. But the wildlife business and the wildlife portion of the government in India has come up with uh, an injectable contraceptive that they have successfully used on white-tailed deer and wild horses in America. Now, deer in America, on Long Island, for example, they have a huge problem with, with uh, Lyme disease because of the deer ticks. And in the case of India, they're, they're, even though this costs about $100 a dose, they don't know if they can afford it. It lasts a year, and after that, they have to give them all booster shots. So India is going to attempt birth control for monkeys I guess I guess the condom idea would be a little too difficult but they're going to give them injections a thousand bites a day versus a hundred dollars a dose on these monkeys we'll keep an eye on this one I think it's going to get messy I can't believe it I can't believe it. Sean Spicer's back. They must have heard that Saturday Night Live was writing Melissa McCarthy into the show this week and videotaping uh, episodes out on the streets of New York with Melissa McCarthy's version of Sean Spicer driving the the podium around Midtown Manhattan. It's pretty funny if you see it. It's such a remarkable parody. One of those iconic moments... (laughs) 
I actually feel bad for Spicer because it's so good and it's so funny. But Spicer went away and we were told he was doing his military reserve duty. That's usually two weeks, right? Or two weekends. You can't show up and just do one or two days and then go back. How do you, that's special treatment, right? That's, that's special treatment. Maybe this was get back because all hell is breaking loose. Maybe. Spicer was in the briefing room getting quizzed about the uh, tweet that Mr. Trump posted this morning that I still say is a threat. And uh, Mr. Spicy Spicer says, no, it's not. Moving on to the news of the week, really, and the day, did President Trump record his conversations with former FBI Director Comey? I assume you're referring to uh, the tweet. And I've talked to the president. The president has nothing further to add on that. Why did he say that? Why did he tweet that? What should we interpret from that? I, as I mentioned, the president has nothing further to add on that. Is there record, are there recording devices in the Oval Office or in the residence? As I said for the third time, there is nothing further to add on that. First of all, and, and I'm not done with this, of course there are recording devices in the Oval Office. Of course there are. Are you nuts? The Russians were in there yesterday. What do you think they were doing? They were dropping off some new recording devices. No, I'm kidding you. Although I did hear somebody speculate that the Oval Office should have been swept for electronic devices after Sergey Lavrov and uh, Mr. Kislyak left the other day because who knows? They brought a Russian camera crew in. But, of course, there are cameras in the White House. Of course, it's since Bill Clinton, at least. There are cameras in the Oval Office. There are recording devices. But the back and forth with Sean Spicer continues. Do you think it's appropriate to threaten someone like Mr. Comey not to speak? I, I don't think that's, that's not a threat. He's simply stated a fact. The tweet speaks for itself. Uh, I'm moving on. John. I'm sorry. It's a threat. That's a threat. That's the president of the United States saying, you better hope there aren't any tapes before you go leaking something. I'm just saying there, you'll end up like three-toe veto in the bottom of the bay. What? Does it need to be any clearer? Really, Mr. Spicer? Now, what about this topic of loyalty pledges and the president? There was an, a, a story that has been circulating that Mr. Comey was asked to uh, basically pledge allegiance to the Prez. In the dinner that the president had with James Comey earlier uh, in in January, did the president implore him to (coughs) pledge his loyalty to the president? Is that true? No. Did that happen? That did not happen? No. Uh, How important is it? that the FBI director be loyal to the president? Is that a a quality the president wants to see in anyone, particularly his FBI director? I think the president wants loyalty to this country and to the rule of law. Trey. Thanks, Sean. On the dinner with James Comey, does anyone in this White House have an audio recording of what unfolded during the January 27th dinner between the former FBI director and the president of the United States? I'm not aware of that. I'm not aware of that. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm not aware of that. Kind of an interesting twist. 
You have to always parse the words because they're parsing the words. <sighs> exhale. Exhale. Now, this, this press conference, I'm sure, is going to be the subject of tomorrow night's Saturday Night, Saturday night Live and probably the opening. Probably the opening. Now, what about what about Donald Trump talking to the the now former FBI director before he was the former FBI director and asking if he's under investigation? Anything inappropriate there? So consumed by this that you would ask that question on three separate occasions. I think because the narrative continued to be perpetuated and he wanted clarity to make sure. Uh, but again, I haven't spoken to him on it about the reason. But I think he answered it yesterday very clearly. Um, and so I can get back to you, but that's that's the answer. I would appreciate you getting back to me. And as far as asking that question, uh, did the president ask the, the White House counsel whether it would be appropriate to ask such a question, given that it was against, generally, Justice Department guidelines to indicate whether or not investigations are ongoing against any individual, let alone one at the White House? I don't know. I will tell you that I know several legal scholars, including Alan Dershowitz and others, have said there was nothing inappropriate about that. Dave. So this is actually a, a very interesting press conference. What have we learned today? We have learned that Sean Spicer doesn't believe what the president said to uh, said to the former FBI director this morning in his tweet was a threat. I'm sorry. I, I, I disagree with you on that, sir. Um, and, and was it inappropriate to uh, ask if you were under investigation? Well, that's a great question. I, I don't know if it was inappropriate. I, I'm not sure about that. And the loyalty pledge. We'll have to see. If any other news breaks out of this press conference, we will we will share it with you as we have a, a pretty solid stream of information that comes out on a pretty regular basis, and I can grab them as, as quickly as possible. Um, trying to catch up to uh, a couple of people who were regulars on this show. Uh, our old friend Emily Zanotti was over in France last week. She usually makes an appearance and I think she's catching up on her Heat Street stuff. Our buddy Ernesto Rodriguez, who walked from Tennessee to uh, California to bring attention to the, the members of the military, our veterans who, who are killing themselves every single day because we're not taking care of them. Ernesto uh, is, is still, I guess, healing up. I want to get an update on him because I know he's working on a book. Maybe we'll get him today or tomorrow morning. And uh, Senator Chris Coons has a project that he wants to talk about. It deals with opioid abuse. And uh, so I'm going to see if we can get him on the phone after the break. I'm going to step away a little bit earlier than normal in order to make room for Senator Coons. So we'll deal with him next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. 
Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. One of the things that I pride myself with on on this show is trying to be fair. And I am a conservative. I am a dyed-in-the-wool constitutional conservative. I also think I am a compassionate conservative. And that allows me to have agreements and disagreements with people on both sides of the aisle. I can agree with you if your argument is constitutionally sound. I can disagree with you without being disagreeable. One of those people that I have that relationship with is Senator Chris Coons of Delaware. He's a blue state guy. He's also a guy I've openly said I enjoy personally as a friend. I like his family. I like him. Uh, We disagree on a lot when it comes to politics. But there are things we do agree on. And as a matter of fact, Senator Coons uh, is on hold. He's back home in Delaware for a few days. I guess they all get a couple days out of D.C. And uh, wanted to talk about something. But, Senator, I'm going to surprise you. I might even shock you, but you and I agree on something. I'm someone who says it's time for an independent investigation into this Russia thing. I I think let's just... Let's just get get it on. Let's go. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that, Mike. My just to be clear, you know, I think that the Senate Intelligence Committee is proceeding on a constructive bipartisan path. Uh, they're reviewing documents. They're interviewing people. Republican Senator Burr and Democratic uh, Senator Warner, the chair and vice chair, uh, have so far, I think, uh, run a balanced and fair and appropriate process. Um, my concern, and perhaps yours as well, is that um, the FBI, which is also running uh, a counterintelligence uh, investigation into what Russia did in our last election and uh, what may have happened, if anything, between the Trump campaign and, and that Russian interference, um, there are real questions about whether trying to slow or stop that investigation played some role in the firing of FBI Director Comey. Um, I and many other Democrats uh, questioned Comey's actions uh, last summer and last fall, um, as I think you may have seen, Mike, in a hearing with uh, Sally Yates, the former acting attorney general and the former director of national intelligence, James Clapper, last week. Um, I pressed him and, uh, on, on what was the right uh, actions for the FBI director. And in front of the Judiciary Committee, I pressed FBI Director Comey himself last week um, and said, if it's true... And he said it was that at the time of the election, there were ongoing investigations into Hillary Clinton's emails and Donald Trump's campaign and the possibility of collusion with the Russians. Um, I think he should have either commented on both investigations or neither preference for neither. Uh, And I was I wasn't satisfied with the answers I got from him. That's different from being comfortable um, with President Trump abruptly firing him and the competing explanations that have come out of the White House and uh, 
the vice president, the White House press secretary, and yesterday the president about why he was fired. I think we need to know whether this investigation will continue, will get to the bottom of this, and will allow us to move forward in an appropriate way. Well, fair points, all of those. And my, I will pile on one more reason why I endorse it. I want you guys to go back to doing the jobs we hired you to do. I want, right. I, I want the House and Senate to go back to doing the, the real business that they're supposed to do. And I think that'll help clear it up. And uh, I don't know. I don't know who is going to be the next FBI director. I heard Mike Lee yesterday. I heard uh, Richard Blumenthal yesterday. Both say they could deal with Merrick Garland. I, you know, me, I'm going totally uh, Trey Gowdy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen to you laugh at that. He is a pit bull. You know that. But that... Uh, he 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 is a pit bull. Um, you know, my concern is that he's shown himself to be a fairly partisan pit bull. Yes, um, that's a good point. Yeah. And I, you know, my hope is that we would find someone. Um, I've, I've asked my staff. They put together a, a list of suggestions of folks I'm going to look at uh, today and over the weekend um, to try and find names, of career prosecutors, career federal law enforcement leaders uh, who haven't run for office for either party, um, who don't have a record of partisan involvement. Um, because, you know, I don't think it's enough for me to simply criticize. I think I need to be suggesting uh, well, constructive names um, that, that I could get behind, that Democrats could get behind. Um, I've set up calls with a number of my Republican colleagues for this weekend because um, I, think, I think we need to move forward. I think we need to find a way um, to get to the bottom of what's happened with this firing and to move forward on the investigation. And to your point, Mike, you know, try and move forward on – health care reform, on dealing with our opioid and heroin addiction crisis, on um, fighting for fair trade and for uh, manufacturing, uh, and to find ways to make us safer around the world. We've got a lot going on well, around wanna... the world and a lot going on here at home, and um, uh, I, I don't think we can overlook this. I think the firing of the FBI director is a big deal, and we need to resolve it. Um, but in some ways, the biggest thing that will happen in the next week or two is the president will make an announcement about who he wants to be the next FBI director. Uh, hopefully that will be uh, a balanced, respected, nonpartisan career law enforcement professional. That would go a long way uh, towards ensuring we can move forward. Well, from your lips to the president's ears, let's hope so. Uh, I don't want to shortchange you because you and I are on, on totally in sync on a topic about doing something to stop the opioid crisis in this country and the horrific uh, devastation it's it's laying out over all of us and so uh, i heard you had some news or a topic you wanted to broach on that so the floor is yours senator well this is just an update um for delawareans listening who uh, are concerned and i have heard uh from a lot of heartbroken parents from a lot of uh, suffering people in our state that we just don't have the resources uh, for treatment um this is something that uh, is taking up a lot of time and effort and energy uh, in the public health sector, in law enforcement, um, because we just aren't putting enough into addressing it, both as a public health issue uh, and as a public safety issue. Um, last year, at the end of the Congress, we came together, uh, Republicans and Democrats working together, uh, passed something called the Comprehensive Addiction and Recovery Act, or CARA. Um, but for unfortunate reasons, we failed to fund it fully at the end of the last Congress. In the bill that was just signed by the president um, for appropriations for the rest of this fiscal year, now through September, 
there's $1.3 billion in total um, in new money uh, for dealing with heroin and opioid addiction. It's spread across several departments and agencies. Uh, much of it will be formula, so it'll go out to the states. Uh, some of it will be competitive grants. My office is going to make sure uh, the state of Delaware has everything it needs uh, to be able to compete for these grants. Uh, I just think it's a good opportunity for folks to realize that um, there is a bipartisan commitment to trying to address what is causing pain and harm in every town and every county in America. Well, I'm I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with you, and if you ever need any assistance on that topic, I, I'm there, just without question. Well, thank you, Mike, and I, you know, I hope uh, if there are folks listening um, who are um, suffering or have a challenge or have an issue, um, I invite you to call my office or call the Department of Public Health or the Department of Health and Human Services uh, in Delaware. Uh, we are trying to get better resources out on the street. We do recognize there's a critical shortage uh, of treatment options. Uh, this funding won't meet all of that need, but it'll go an important step in that direction. Thank you, sir. Senator Chris Coons, always a pleasure. And uh, I'll add one more thing to your agenda, tax cuts, tax cuts. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Great being on with you. There he goes, Senator Chris Coons. You know, he has the buzziest phone in the entire world. But uh, I, I think his heart's in the right place. He's doing, uh, he's doing the typical things you would expect of a Democrat, but he's also attempting to work across the aisle to get bipartisan support on something we don't, we don't talk enough about. And that is this really serious opioid addiction crisis that is just destroying certain sections of our nation. Uh, you remember the, the moment of brilliance in Chris Christie's tiny presidential campaign, the only moment he had where people went, went wow, I might be able to vote for that guy, was when he talked about the, the friend of his who died from his addiction, the friend of his who couldn't overcome the demons that had crawled inside of his, his body and just, taken over. So we know this knows no economic boundaries. We know this knows no racial boundaries. We know it knows no geographic boundaries. Uh, We are going to stay on the opioid addiction problem. We are going to try and make sure that this is something that we, we can work with Democrat, Republican, independent. It doesn't matter. When 30 plus thousand of us are dying every year, that's too many, especially when it's something we could stop. So uh, I know tightening up the border is a part of it, too. So the security of the nation is also part of helping us all get better. And more on this in the future. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka. 
with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, it's Friday. There's still time to do something great for yourself. And I'm not talking about dipped strawberries or gold-dipped roses or what. I'm talking about relief factor. I use relief factor. It's all natural. It's an anti-inflammatory. It's made uh, to, to help reduce the inflammation in your body, which is where the pain comes from. So if you're like me and you've been sidelined, if your life was kind of put on hold, you're like, ah, I'm aging and my knees are bugging me, my back's bugging me, my neck's bugging me. Try Relief Factor. Put down the pain meds. Put down the -the over-the-counter medications and do something all natural. Your body will appreciate it. Mine did. I'm, I'm back to being much more active. And this is through a move with endless boxes needing to be carried and unpacked. I called 800-500-8384. I absolutely got a hold of one of the people, ordered the three-week quick start pack for $19.95. I can't tell you how much different I feel. And, you know, Nicole did too. Nicole is one of the people who tried Relief Factor, came by the blaze and told us her story. I started getting numbing like carpal tunnel but then I started realizing it was all up in my shoulder the cramping the pain it was almost unbearable when I started taking relief factor it just seemed like everything relaxed and I'm able to stretch it out now I'm able to work it out I'm able to sleep to me, it is a lifesaver. A lifesaver for me, too. So what are you waiting for? ReliefFactor.com, ReliefFactor.com, or you can call them, order the three-week quick start pack for nineteen ninety-five, eight hundred five hundred eighty-three eighty-four. I also want to talk about something that a lot of people have been, have been punching around on, on, on social media and on talk radio and even on television about it it is the the memo that came out of allegedly came out of Steve Harvey's office to his staff now th- this story's just been popping around for a day or two and i have to tell you my first instinct was this is going to hurt Steve Harvey but i think if you actually read it and if you're a a real person who's honest with yourself and with others, I think you're going to go, okay, I'm with Steve Harvey on this. I am on team Harvey on this one. So this is, this is the memo and this is how it reads. And he reportedly sent this to everyone on his staff, everyone at the start of the current television show season. Now keep in mind, Steve Harvey has four jobs that I can count. Now, he's probably not doing all of the TV jobs at the same time, but he has a radio show. He does Family Feud. He also has his TV show, and then he has the Steve Harvey show, and then he has that show with the kids. That's four TV shows. Steve Harvey has four jobs. He's very lucky, very blessed, but in in that in that four jobs that he has, they all eat away at your life and it's your personal time. So there's very little personal time to actually have a life. 
keep that in mind as you you read the memo that came from Steve Harvey to everybody on his staff. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back. I'd like you all to review and adhere to the following notes and rules for season five of my talk show. Number one, there will be no meetings in my dressing room, no stopping by or popping in. No one, in all caps. Do not come to my dressing room unless invited. Do not open my dressing room door. And then again, in all caps, if you open my door, expect to be removed. My security team will stop everyone from standing at my door who have the intent to see or speak to me. I want all the ambushing to stop now. That includes TV staff. You must schedule an appointment. I have been taken advantage of by my lenient policy in the past. This ends now. Again, all caps, no more. Do not approach me while I'm in the makeup chair unless I ask to speak with you directly. Either knock or use the doorbell. I am seeking more free time for me throughout the day. Do not wait in the hallway to speak to me. I hate being ambushed. Please make an appointment. I promise you I will not entertain you in the hallway. And do not attempt to walk with me. If you're reading this, yes, this means you. Everyone, do not take offense to the new way of doing business. It is the, for the good of my personal life and enjoyment. Thank you all, Steve Harvey. I support Steve Harvey on every single one of these points. Every single one. And I understand, I understand greatly the intense pressure it takes for someone to be the, the CEO of both his life and all of these shows, because that's what Steve Harvey's doing. On every day, Steve Harvey has to wake up and be the CEO of Steve Harvey, of his life. He has to be in charge of his life. Now, if you add to that, Steve Harvey also has to be a game show host. Steve Harvey has to be the show of the host with the kids, little big shots or whatever it is. Those are very different things. He has to do study on each one of those and be aware. You just don't walk out and, and be brilliant and funny. It takes work. It takes time. It takes thought. Steve Harvey is a hard-working guy. Doing a radio show is more than just showing up and talking, too. Believe it or not, I've got a pile of papers and notes, and Shamant and I talk about where we're going, and we have to get sound clips and figure out who I'm going to be yelling at and ranting about. It's not something that just happens on an assembly line basis. Steve Harvey's a genius. I think this note is, is fairly gracious. And I also think it's something that you could take and understand uh, how to work better at your job. Do you know what I despise more than anything? It's the drive-by meeting, the hallway meeting. And when he said, I got to chill because you know what? I've probably violated all these rules in my, in my life. And nobody was polite enough to put it on paper or at least send me the hint. 
Don't just show up and stick your head in and go, hey, how are you? But this must have been going on. But the walking down the hall and walking with and trying to get your job done by having a hallway meeting, it's one of the worst things you can do as an employee with your boss. Because the relationship is not appropriately established there in the hall. And business that happens in the hall is rarely ever completely understood or carried forward. So I respect Steve Harvey. I I respected Steve Harvey before this. He's a businessman. He's a host. And those two rarely go together. He's a radio talent. He's probably a liberal. I know he went and met with Donald Trump at at Trump Tower, uh, either right after, right before the election. But you know what? Steve Harvey appears to be a decent guy. If he, if he really wanted to be a hard ass, there wouldn't be this note. Now, maybe what he should have done was open up the letter by saying, I'm having a little trouble keeping all of my various jobs and personal life separated. So I'm going to put in place a new policy that will help me. Because guess what? If Steve Harvey's not productive, if Steve Harvey's not successful, who is it going to hurt more? Steve Harvey could lose one job. He's probably not going to lose all four. But if it's the one job that you worked on, you're going to get hurt more than Steve Harvey. There is a rule. Doc Thompson always used to talk about this. The first rule of producing And I think he's absolutely right. Keep the talent happy. So Steve Harvey is, this is a cry for help as far as I'm concerned. This is Steve Harvey saying, I just need a little help, people. I'm doing four jobs here. I don't have that much time. Steve Harvey, I don't know you, but I would shake your hand on this one. This, to me, is good management. And anyone who thinks it's it's a a big-headed celebrity grousing, I don't think you get it. I think you're just missing missing the point. Thank you, Steve Harvey, for this management lesson. When we get back, uh, I, I've got an update. Trump's attorneys have actually put out a note saying that there's no Russian money. There's no Russian debt. Oh, wait, uh, there are a couple of exceptions. We'll deal with that next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Little programming note here. If you didn't hear it earlier, if you joined us late today, uh, we we do this show, as you know, from noon Eastern to 3, Monday through Friday, and Saturday mornings from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. It is uh, kicking off a program of all new shows on Saturdays on the Blaze Radio Network. And you're welcome to join me tomorrow morning as we blast into the weekend. Uh, We used to re-air this show 7 to 10 p.m. each night. 
weeknight. And now uh, we've made a slight shift, and that is that the Puro Pelka Show replay happens at 10 p.m. Eastern following the Buck Sexton Show. So we do this show, followed by the liberty-loving Latino, Chris Salcedo, and then Pat and Stu. And after the Pat and Stu program, you have Buck Sexton. And then I follow Buck. So just a slight change in the way we're doing business here. So thank you for paying attention. Uh, I also said this audience, the smartest audience in the free world, and I have proof. Um, I, I have to say thank you to all of you who tweeted along and shared wisdom of your mom. We'll continue that tomorrow. If you didn't get a chance to share the wisdom of your own mom, you can you can do so tomorrow. Uh, we talked to Senator Chris Coons earlier about the opioid addiction problem in this country. It is daunting, the task ahead of us. And if we don't work on it together, if we don't get left and right working on it together, it's only going to get worse. And folks like Stacy Rippey, who listens to this show and participates, uh, delivers just knockout punch twits, tweets that say things like, addiction is an equal opportunity destroyer. You are so right, my friend. You are so, so right. Uh, also, we talked about Mike Lee saying that uh, he wouldn't be upset if Merrick Garland was nominated to uh, take over the FBI. Um, the the uh, very clear, new, no, not Garland from Ms. Rippey. And reminding Mike Lee and the president, you know, both Garland and Loretta Lynch owe their careers to Bill Clinton. He brought both of them up through the ranks. And that that, that is all I would need. I'm still sticking with what I said to uh, Senator Coons in our phone call today when I said uh, I, I would love to see Trey Gowdy as the nominee. And, you know, it would make many on the left apoplectic. It would make many, many of our friends who uh, wear the blue jerseys go, no, not Trey Gowdy. But but we'll see. When are we going to get this nominee? Uh, there, There's more coming. I know I mentioned I was going to get to the president's uh, attorneys who put out a note saying there was no money owed to or really paid from Russia. But the details on this are too deep. We're going to have to dive into this tomorrow morning it, it basically says the president doesn't owe any money didn't get any money from russia with a couple exceptions now the exceptions are kind of big he sold a a property in florida that he bought for 45 million for some 90 million so he made he's a good businessman right uh but he also made money off the miss universe pageant when it was in moscow a few years ago there are there are some other additions exemption exceptions to the statement saying there is no money owed or gotten. So there's a little money in there, but we'll see. Uh, and also tomorrow, uh, heads up, if you are a fan of this show and pay attention, you know I have a nephew who's 19 years old and kind of a tennis phenom. Tomorrow he's in a semifinals match in Bordeaux, France, playing his way in, hopefully, to the French Open. So after Puro Pelka tomorrow, we will all watch and hopefully see Riley Opelka 
get another shot at uh, a pretty big deal. So those of you who include him in your prayers, thank you. And uh, those of you who include me in your prayers, thank you. Tomorrow we will launch this show early at 6 o'clock. I'll get into details on the president's taxes from his attorneys. And uh, we'll talk about our moms and a whole lot more. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.